Welcome to G Talk. dedicated to helping you discover your purpose by helping you build intimate relationships and a lifestyle of thankfulness. Listen to us today as we discuss a new challenging topic aimed to encourage you and to challenge you, but most importantly, to build you up in your relationships with each other and with God. Stay tuned. Welcome to G Talk, and we are your host, Terrence and Adara Clark. And this is Terrence coming to you once again. I've been uh, coming to you now uh, for some time now. It's been a while since Adara and I have come back together, but uh, the time is coming up here real short, shortly. I think uh, I'm going to set the stage for our new topic today, and maybe the next time. It may take a few times, uh, but then Adara is going to jump in because this is something that's been really important to us over the last couple of years. And something that we're going to really, really spend a lot of time on. I can't tell you how long, but uh, I can see this uh, podcast just becoming really this as a main theme for for some time. So let's uh, just introduce it and talk a little bit about something that I know is really important. It should be important to everyone. Uh, I'm not sure that we're all able to quite understand it or have we been able to really dig into it. But let me just set the stage today. We're going to talk a little bit about the timing of God uh, the time of God, the season of God, you know, we're, we are shifting and you've heard me talk about this shifting into the kingdom age. And I think a lot of folks have heard that for a long time. I'm not sure people, we all understand what that means. And I'm not going to sit here and say that I understand all the implications and pieces of what this means, but I do have uh, a number of things that the Lord has shown me and taught me as well as just some, some, some great, uh, people that I've been around, great in teachers, great, uh, leaders, in the body of Christ, some of the most, I think, uh, influential leaders I've been around in probably the last 15 years in my life. And so they have poured into me. And in that process, I think I'm coming today uh, with a sense of understanding uh, more than I ever have, not saying that I've arrived, but I've certainly understanding each day more and more about this topic and the subject. And I, it's, it's, I really believe that we're in a season. And let me just start it like this. Uh, we are in a time because people are looking around right now. We're in the middle of COVID, right? We're in the middle of uh, folks who are uptight, upset. Um, people, some folks are, you know, rioting. People are burning things down. Uh, there's just, uh, you know, our, our leaders have been, um, you know, bickering and fighting over things. And we're right on the, right on the edge here of a, of a new, uh, election and so people are really looking towards some of that thing some of those things that are coming up and thinking about what's coming and 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 there's a lot of hesitancy and even fear in the air around what's going on and and you know when you talk with folks sometimes there's there's a sense that god we know god is doing something and there's questions is it judgment or is it you know uh, is it not his judgment and you know is it time for the rapture is it not time for i mean you're hearing a lot of things come up in this season and I'm not saying I'm going to answer any of those, but I am going to hopefully help us to kind of begin talking through some of it and asking some questions 
and hopefully providing some answers for some things. Let me let me take you around about in a way that probably you haven't thought about or may not have really put it all together in this way. I know there are some that are definitely doing this, but let me let me say this. One thing that I really believe is happening right now that you may not really have your eyes or you might not have your thumb on this. So right now, God is healing his family. Let me just say that again. Right now, we are in a time where God is healing his family. He's restoring his family. He is bringing his people back together in the way in which he has promised to do. It's been written in scripture. I'm not quite sure that we have fully understood it, that we have fully grasped how important this is on God's timetable, how important this is to the kingdom because we like to just talk about the kingdom, but we don't sometimes realize that in order for the kingdom to really come in its power, the family of God needs to be restored. And so today I'm going to spend some time. I don't think I'm going to be able to do it in one session because I spent an hour, I think, just about a few weeks ago teaching on it and couldn't do it then. But I'm not going to go to some of those depths. I just want to deal with really one story that we're all familiar with. But I want it to be in the context of this whole area of the time of God and what he's really establishing and preparing us for in this next season. And for those of us who are Gentiles, right, many of us, you know, the church, the Protestant church, for the most part, has been a has been a uh, it's been a Gentile church. And we have been very comfortable now for the last 2000, really less than that. It's really been about 1700 years, believe it or not. Uh, around 300 AD, give or take uh, a few a few years, a few decades probably. But yeah, right around 300 is really when we can say that the Gentile church really kind of took over. And for many of us in the church today, we don't even know that this has happened. We just go through life, we go through church, and we are very comfortable in what we're seeing. And even when we talk about end times, we talk about everything from the perspective that we have and that perspective is the Gentile church the Protestant church and really the church is bigger than that and I want to I want to share a little bit about that today and I want us to begin I hope I hope that I can begin to open your heart open your thinking as God is opening mine to a whole nother element that has to occur in order for all of us to begin to really see the kingdom God is not going to bring the kingdom until he really brings and establishes his church. We call it the bride, but it's also a family. And sometimes we don't realize that there are a lot of different uh, ways that God describes us, the church. Sometimes we're the bride of Christ. Sometimes we're the sons of God, right? Sometimes we're the virgins, right? The foolish and wise, we, you know, there's, we, sometimes we are, uh, and I want to bring up another one today. Uh, and so let's, let's go and let's look at a story because Jesus in Luke chapter 15, right, verse 11, he shares a story that is very common in the in our churches today. We've, you know, probably heard the story of the prodigal son a million times, and I want to probably share it with you a million and one, but I think I'm going to give you a different perspective of the story, and if not, I think you'll just be able to continue just to grow with it. If, if I am, then I just want you to keep an open heart and an open mind as I come through and, and share this story a little bit because I believe it plays an, a, a very important piece in this next phase in the church. I don't believe the Lord was just giving a story. 
I think there are times where he gave just stories because he was trying to make a point. But then there's some real detail in this story that I really feel like that he's trying to say more than just share a story about a son who was lost. We know both sons were lost. I, I get that. I understand that piece as well, that they were not just one son, that both sons. But I'm not quite sure that we're getting the full implication of maybe what he was trying to to share. And so today, uh, hear me out and um, and hopefully uh, we'll begin down this these stairs it's these steps of recognizing that what God is doing in this season right now, when you look around what's going on in the globe, one of the things that's high on his on his list is he is restoring his people. He's restoring his family, family first. And so let me just read a little bit from Luke chapter 15, verse 11. Then it says, it says this, Jesus speaking, a certain man had two sons and the younger of them said to his father, father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided them his livelihood and not many days after the younger son gathered all together journeyed to a far country and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants had bread enough and to spare and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him, had compassion, and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf here and kill it. And let us eat and be merry for this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to be merry. Now his older son was in the field and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come. And because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. But he was angry and would not go in. Therefore, his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, lo, these many years I have been serving you. I never transgressed your commandment at any time. And yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours came, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. And he said to him, son, you are always with me and all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad. But your brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. So this is a story that I know many of us have heard probably a number of times in our life. The story of the prodigal. In fact, we probably have been. There's people in our lives, and we probably say, yeah, they're like the prodigal. Uh, we have family members or people who just, we, we see them. They come back uh, from to the Lord, and we just immediately say that they're prodigals and, and, and so forth. And, yes, all of that fits. It fits perfectly. I really believe there could be a deeper meaning to the story that Jesus is really trying to 
impress upon us, and I want to spend some time today because I really believe it's going to really help us to see a little bit of what's happening today, and we're going to then begin down this trek of really looking at God's seasons, God's timing, God's way of thinking in his kingdom, and how each of us can really begin to play a role in seeing life from this perspective. So first, let me say this, that we all know the Father is God that Jesus is talking about, right? But he has two sons, and interesting enough, God actually has two sons. I'm not talking about Jesus, the son of God. I'm talking about the sons here on earth that he calls to be sons too. He had his first son who was born under the old covenant. And then he had a second son who was born under the new covenant. And so uh, we could very easily see the connection that he is making with these two sons. Because we see that under both of these, both of these sons really came at a different time. And I, I want to spend a few minutes you know, obviously this story really talks about both sons and there's a piece of it for both sons. And so there's something that, you know, that's why I said it's probably going to take me a couple of days. But let's 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 just focus for on this for a second, because it says that the younger of them is the one that really uh, looks for his goods and asks him to give him all of his goods. And he goes out and just begins to enjoy life, so to speak. And I think it's a great illustration because I think a lot of us in the Protestant church don't really realize that this is something that's really kind of happened with us. Um, uh, Most of us don't know what happened in 300 AD. We don't know that Rome converted to a Christian nation. Uh, And I mean, there's implications there that I don't have time to go into. If you go back through some of my end time studies, You'll, 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 uh, that I've been talking over the last couple of, you know, year or so, you will hear me talk a little bit about this, how there was this shift that took place. But in the shift, one of the things that happened was that there was a shunning of the Jewish, uh, our Jewish brothers and sisters, that when Constantine around 300, you know, uh, made this declaration and began to change the seasons and times and decisions around and most of us don't realize this, you know, the holidays were changed, dates were changed in order to um, disassociate ourselves to our Jewish brothers and sisters. And it was like they, they accused the Jews of killing and murdering the Messiah, right, killing Jesus. And as a result, they really began this whole shift away from the father's family. And I'm going to say it this way because I, I think it's something that we in the Protestant church don't talk about. We have not talked about it, but there is a change happening right now in the church that is happening across the globe. And you may or may not be aware of this, but there is a coming home of many of us who are in the faith, who are believers, who are Christians, who are Protestants, who are maybe Gentile believers. And we're beginning to long for our father and we're beginning to go home much like this prodigal. And you're like, what are you talking about? What do you mean come home? We're all home. When the Lord saved us, we're at home. Yes, but we've been away from his house. You see, when God gave his commands, if you go through uh, the the, uh, Old Testament, he also gave us times and seasons. He gave us uh, different feasts and different commands that we were to follow. And he told us that anyone who's part of his family is supposed to be celebrating and doing these feasts. But in 300 A.D., when when Constantine came and made this change shift, he began changing 
also the dates and times. And what he did was he actually separated us from our father's command to go and celebrate and live out many of these feasts and, and, and fellowships that the Lord told us that we would be a part of, that we were supposed to be a part of. And I know that for many of us, that's that's shocking because we've been taught to believe that those are Jewish holidays, that those are for Jewish believers. And that's not the case. If you go back and read the scripture, if you go back and read what the father said, he said that this is for all of his family. This is for those of his sons and daughters who love him and are part of his family. And that means you and me, you and me. And so what's happened is over time, we have not only forgotten them, uh, but we don't even believe that they are part of our DNA, that they're part of who we are and what we do, but they are. And so there has been this, 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 uh, this shift that's, a, that's occurred. And as a result, most of us have forgotten our father's home. And we've aligned ourselves. And if you look at this passage, it's very similar to what the, the second son does. The second son leaves, is, he gets as far away from his father as he possibly can. He wants to kind of, now understand something. In order for this son to have done this, he had to really understand the grace and love of his father because he went to his father and asked him for, you know, give me my inheritance. Now, the first son doesn't even do this. He doesn't recognize the position that he has with his father. And this is really, and, uh, you know, when, we, when you stop to think about really the church, I think, that, you know, we love to, to live on this area of grace and talk about grace and the love of God. And we understand we've really been, been moved into the area of relational sh relationship with God, right? We know that we can go. And that's kind of what's happened here. The son recognizes who he was, goes to the father and says, hey, just give me my portion. He takes his portion and he goes and it says that he you have to look kind of in the original language, but it means that he really went as far away from his father as he possibly could. In other words, he left the place of his father's influence and in sense of his kingdom and his authority and the things that were really a part of the father's um, uh, kingdom kingdom reign in that area now i know that for most of us are like well we're still we're still believers we still follow the lord i'm not talking about it from that perspective i'm talking about it from this from the perspective of his family and following some of the things traditions and feast and things that the that, that god gave to all of us we don't even know what they are we don't even know what they mean we have lost all connection with these promises and these things that the lord has given to us to be a part of our lives and we've kind of aligned ourselves i mean let's talk about christmas for instance you know let's talk about uh, easter these are pagan holidays i mean i, I just want to be i'm going to try to be as straight as i can you know this is a short i've only i only usually these are about 25 minutes long and so there's not a lot of time for me to you know speak it in a way that isn't going to hurt feelings and i'm not trying to hurt feelings or anything like that but i just need to say it way it is so that we can get it out so here's the thing when when constantine in 300 made the shift he created new holidays one of them was easter now if you go look up the word easter if you go look up the holiday you will find it is not a christian holiday it's actually a pagan holiday but he aligned it he aligned it up with passover and so we celebrate the resurrection of the Lord. 
and that's what he called it. But that was his way of bringing the, the, the Christians of that time, aligning them with Rome and aligning them into the things that, that was happening that he wanted to happen at that time and in that day. And so he created this holiday. And, but in reality, the church up until that time had been celebrating Passover. We had continued to celebrate Passover because Passover is the feast that the Lord told us to follow. It really completely replicates Jesus, the Lamb of God. It replicates it. And we're going to talk about this. Adair and I are going to work through this, you know, in a long process. So I, but I just want to give you a kind of a quick overview. You know, pass, that's what Passover really is. It's a celebration. Everything aligns with Passover and Jesus in our faith. And we're over here celebrating a completely different holiday, you know, and I'm not saying it's, you know, we're, we're sinners for doing that. I think we understand. I think God understands, you know, what's happened, but I do believe he's calling us home. And there is this this movement now, this shift that's taking place. We have never seen so many Jews finding their Messiah as we've seen today. And also we're seeing we've not seen so many Gentile believers beginning to go back to their older brother. And that's what I like to call them, our older brother, our Jewish brothers and sisters. They have an element of faith that we're missing. And I believe we need it. I believe that the Lord and we're by the thousands now. We are beginning to see Christians beginning to go back to Jewish leaders, rabbis, and go and ask them to teach them uh, what the word says about the feast and about the holidays. And it's just unprecedented. And I truly believe it's a move of the spirit. It's nothing been done by man. My wife and I have been doing this for the last couple of years, and we are finding others. We're running into many others who have done the same thing. And it's like no one told us. It's like one day we woke up and we said, They've got something that we're supposed to have, and I need to go get it. I need to go figure it out because there's elements that's missing in my faith. And then as we began going and asking and studying and listening to rabbis, and, li and these are messianic ones, right, the ones who, who, who are believers in Jesus, Yeshua, we began to find that our faith has become fuller, that we are discovering pieces that we didn't know existed, and all of a sudden, there's there's a longing in our heart for our father's house. And that's really what this is all about. Uh, the 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 prodigal son. It says that he went away and he went to this far country and he wasted his possessions, but he had the freedom to do that. And he did that. And then it says that even when he ran out and realized that he had nothing left, that he joined himself to a citizen, 15th verse, he joined himself to a citizen of that country, and then he began to, you know, feed swine, and, uh, and you know, and that really is like the dirtiest thing you can do as a Jewish person, right? You can, you know, it's, it's an unclean animal, it's an animal that they should never even be, be touching, and here he is feeding them, and I just believe that it just talks about the, the, the degree to which uh, he moved away from his father's house, that he's now involved in pagan you know, come on. I mean, reality here. Let's talk about Christmas, another pagan holiday that we celebrate the birth of Christ. And let's just be if we were honest with ourselves as believers. And I'm, I know I'm like I said, I'm being very forthright in this in this taping. But Christ, um, Christmas, there is no God never tells us to celebrate the birth of the Lord. He never 
insinuates. He never suggests it. In fact, we know for a fact that Jesus wasn't even born in December. We know that he was probably born in se around September sometime. But we continue to celebrate um, this holiday. And it really was a holiday. It was a celebration of uh, one of the gods that, again, Rome, uh, you know, it was a it was the darkest day of the year. And they had a feast in which they celebrated that darkness and the gods of darkness. And uh, in order to bring the church in connection, they created this holiday and called it Christmas and time to celebrate and, you know, and celebrate the, the, the Lord's birth. Now, I'm not again, I'm not saying that there's we're sinning for uh, please don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying, oh, we're sinners because we're celebrating this day. I'm just saying that like this, like this prodigal, he was so far away that he didn't even know it. And he was just sitting here eating everything that was being given to him. He was just taking it in and going, yeah, 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 yeah. This is part of who I am when it really wasn't part of who he was. And one day he had a he had a a brain change. Right. He had a moment, an aha moment when he realized what am I doing? Why am I doing this? And then he longs for his father's house. He longs to go home. He longs to be with his father because what does he remember? He remembers the culture that his father had created. He remembers the culture that his father had cultivated with people that were around him. He says, you know, my father's a good man. And he says, I'm just, I'm going I'm to go back. I recognize that I'm in sin. I reckon, but look at the way he's not going back as a son. He just says, I just want to go because he recognizes that his father's is, is a safe place and he treats people with dignity and respect and that is a place that he can go. And he longed to be with his father again. And I really see that happening today with a lot of folks that they are longing for the house of God. They're longing for the trainings and the teachings and they're longing to, to discover what really does Shabbat, what is really Shabbat about? What is really Passover or Rosh Hashanah or Yom Kippur? These different holidays, these feasts that the Lord gave us, all of them represent very um, meaningful areas in our, in our faith with Christ that we have completely lost and don't know anything about. And so there is this turning back. And so I'm setting the, setting the stage today there's still more to the story. I'm going to end it here. I'm going to pick it up uh, next time at this point and talk again a little bit more about this story uh, and then bring in the second son because both of them really play a role. And um, I think it's going to be really, really uh, helpful for you and I to understand. And remember, my whole point behind this is we're at a season where the father is restoring his family. In other words, he said that at some point he would graft his 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 Jewish. He said, you know, we're we've been grafted in. Remember, we've been grafted into the tree. Well, he said at some point that the Jew that we would that the days of the Gentiles would end and it would then go back to the days of, you know, bringing back uh, his 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 uh, brothers and sisters, his Jewish uh, family. And I believe there's now going to be the restoration of the, the, the whole family of God where both Jew and Gentile are working together and loving each other and serving the Lord, the older brother and the younger brother. And uh, we can talk even a little bit about even the importance of understanding the birthright and how the firstborn son gets the birthright. And so, um, uh, Lord bless you. I uh, hope this has been eye-opening. I know it's a lot to take in, but I know there's more coming. 
and you will appreciate it. I think you'll enjoy it. And uh, so come back next time as we deal with the next part. God bless you. G-Talk is a ministry of Hope For You International, a 501c3 nonprofit organization. You can find us on the web at thankfultoday.com and gtalk.info. You can also find us on Facebook at The Thankful Today.